Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 470 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, uh, we'll be hearing from Sam Lambeth, a.k.a. Quinn. Uh, he'll be singing a tune or two live for us. We've got more live music as well. I'll tell you about that in a moment or time. Uh, also, uh, we're looking at Arts Fest. We'll be talking about to Paint the Day, uh, which happened last weekend, but the exhibition is ongoing, so you can find out what happened when I had a chat with Christine McGann about that one. On Thursday night at the Tilston at the Arena Theatre, an unconventional history of maidenhood, mothering and mistresses. Sarah James letting us know about that one. Uh, also coming up on the show, uh, we'll be talking about uh, the memory walk and uh, colour blast, which uh, they have from uh, Compton Hospice. You've just about got time to get yourself in for the colour blast, if it is still before Wednesday when you listen to this. And on top of that... And also, we're finding out about some interesting job opportunities within the world of the maritime industry. Seafarers.co.uk, let us know about that when Commodore Barry Bryant joins us on the line for a natter. That's all on the way. But first of all... Chuck McAuliffe has three events in three days. It's always quite busy in his world, so this is going to get even more exciting. And one of which includes that massive beard thing he has on his face just at the moment. Yep. So what's going on? First of all, let's start with the Health and Happiness show, which is, of course, at the new venue on Friday night on the 29th. Health and Happiness with me and Dave Luke mm-hmm. doing our own uh, concert alongside, I might add, some good friend of ours, uh, Joe James Thomas and his uh, sister, Holly. Now, they came out to a Health and Happiness show at, uh, I think, in March. Uh-huh. And we, we just loved having them. They're great people and good singers. And, and you know what I'm looking forward to? What's that? Joe James, he came out and he sang some Elvis stuff. He did? He, I, he, I heard all about that, yes. And, and he... And, and he, and he, and he Backed it up with a duet with his uh, sister, mm-hmm. Johnny Cash, June Carter, kind of a um, uh, material to, to fit in with us. Mm-hmm. But he's he, he's an incredible George Formby interpreter. I know, yeah, he's got, he's got the, <laughs> the whole thing, hasn't he? He's got, he's got, he's got the full, you can everything. So, so yeah. So I got to have a little bit of that at the Health and Happiness show. I know it's not Americana, but I don't care because he does it so well. It's an amazing sound. Yeah. So that's going to be a treat. So uh, yeah. give us the details on how people can get along to that because that's going to be well, a brilliant we, night. We've got a new venue and it's called the, uh, and it's the Soldiers, the uh, and it's the Hensford and District Ex-Servicemen's Club mm-hmm. on Anglesey Road in Hensford. That lovely venue. It's kind of the place that Hank Williams Sr. would would have, <laughs> would have performed back in the 50s. So uh, we've got some bugs to iron up because this is only our second show there, mm-hmm. I think, or, or our third show. It might show. be a third one, I think. might be our third show there, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's happening on Friday night. Uh, mm-hmm. Doors basically open about 7 o'clock, and we, we kick the show off at uh, 8 o'clock. Tickets are £8, £7 and £5. So uh, just look out for those and see how the concessions, etc. work. So that's well worth getting along to. Health and Happiness Show, <coughs> just look for that on Facebook. You can get your details there. Yep. But there's a phone number too. Yeah, well, you can call my number. Which is? 077 Do that again for me. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if you text it, it's a lot easier because sometimes I can't answer my You're phone. You're too busy grooming that beard, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> for now, at least. Actually... actually uh, I don't groom it at all. I've no, just grown it. It's got a know? life of its own. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so the number again. O double seven five one seven nine one seven two four. Then on Saturday night, you're down at Bantock. Bantock House uh, for the uh, Wolverhampton Country uh, Singer Songwriters. And another great showcase for your work, and probably different stuff that you're going to do there compared to maybe a health and happiness show. Well, I'm playing solo that night. So it will be a mixed bag. I, I guess I don't. I don't get out very often playing solo these days. I'm. I'm usually lined up with Dave Luke. Mm-hmm. But that night I'm going to go off uh, on my own with my guitar, and just sing a few tunes. I was writing down a picture, uh, like a, a set list, mm-hmm. of all my the songs that I've written. A lot of them that I haven't sang in a long time, and uh, it, it 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 does. It, I, I am looking forward to it because each song brings back a memory, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm looking forward to reliving those memories on stage. That should be good. And yeah. the, the music itself is going to be fantastic. We know that because well, we've you're heard very you play. I'm going to hear you play in a moment or two, so that'll be yeah. okay. We'll enjoy that too. Yeah. So uh, then uh, the, the, the aforementioned beard moment, because Cancer yes. Research are getting some cash because that beard is coming off. Well, actually, it, it's. Have you ever heard of the University Hospital of uh, North Midlands? Um, I don't know it. No. Well, I think it was the University Hospital of North Staffordshire. It's up in Newcastle under Lyon. Mm-hmm. 
there's an independent cancer research team there that's headed up by a good friend of mine, Professor Sule Suso. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way I met uh, Joseph was years ago when my, my wife, Janet, became ill and uh, subsequently passed away from lung cancer. Uh, Joseph was her senior oncologist. Mm -hmm. And Janet asked me, uh, whenever it's in my power, to try to raise some funds for Joseph's cancer research team to try to do it. And we've done it quite a few events over the years. This, it, this is the 10th year now, mm -hmm. uh, since uh, 2008. And uh, the great thing about this is it, it stays in the community. It's not. It doesn't get gobbled up by a big organization. Joseph's got his own um, independent uh, cancer research team, and every money, go, every penny of the money, goes towards cancer research. Yep. In other words, there's not a penny that's spent on administrative costs. So I, I feel good about that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's something a little different, and uh, and it's tied up with the uh, University Hospital of the North uh, Midlands. So great work that's going to come off the back of this. Yeah. And the beard you've been cultivating, I think, is probably the best description for it for a number of years now. How long have you had a beard? I, I've had a beard ever since I could grow one. <laughs> <laughs> Not this long. Mm -hmm. I usually keep my beard uh, relatively short and trimmed. but uh, It looks more uh, impressive when you're going to shave. I want it for the impact. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's an amazing yeah. bit of growth there, to be fair. Yeah. So, Chuck, uh, fair play to you. If people want to sponsor you for that one, what do they do? Well, come on out. Yeah. Come, on, come on out to the, the soldiers on Sunday. Yeah. Or or uh, go on to my Virgin Money Giving page. Mm -hmm. It's called Chuck's Beard's Got to Go. Yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah. So Virgin, Virgin Money, Chuck Beard's Got to Go, yeah. and check out all the details on there, and you yeah. could be helping to remove that beard and make some money for charity too. Well, Yes, I mean the beer's coming off no matter what, <laughs> because I've already got I've got I've got uh, six hundred and thirty three pounds in donations and pledges so far. That's good. Yeah, if I get to seven hundred, mm -hmm. I'm going to shave off the beard and my hair. Okay. Well, the little hair I got remains. Yeah, it's not a lot over there, but uh, I think we have. But a I've been I've been growing that too. Yeah, we have, we we have a similar stylist, I think, unfortunately, yeah. apart from the fact yours is much longer than mine. But uh, yeah. so uh, well, good luck with all that. We're going to hear you play a song as well to put people in the mood for your musical events. So uh, what are you going to play for us first? That's got to be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll tell you what it was afterwards. Uh, for now, here's Chuck McAuliffe singing. Okay. Well, this this song is off of uh, Shadows and Light. I wrote this for my father uh, when I was trying to explain to him uh, why I wanted to actually become a singer-songwriter and be in music. And uh, also because I was staying out to 2 o'clock in the morning, playing down to these clubs in downtown Toronto and getting up at 6, getting home, getting some sleep for four hours and get up, getting up at 6 and going to work with him. <laughs> Does it give you a picture? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, won't you tell me how long you've been here? Let's see, about 30 and some odd years. Oh man, won't you tell me what have you learned since you've been here? More than punching a clock or guzzling beer. Hey, can't you see? Well, that's no life for me To be a slave to a clock Working in a factory Oh man, won't you give some good advice to me Go back to school, son Learn to be free Oh man, won't you tell me Something else that I could do Hey, can't you see? Well, that's no life for me To be a slave to the clock Working in a factory Oh man, won't you listen To my dreams and my goals Sure, son, it's the best Part of your soul Oh man, I want to be a singer And tell this story 
I'd get them some Do it for me Hey, can't you see Well, that's no lie for me To be a slave to a clock Working in a factory Oh, man, won't you give Some good advice to me Back to school, son. Learn to be free. Oh man, won't you tell me something else that I could do? Yeah, punch a clock. Be a robot too. Hey, can't you see? Well, that's no life for me to be a slave to a clock working in a factory. Oh man, won't you break those chains that bind you? Too old, son. Nothing else to do. Oh man, there must be something inside you that wants to be free. Don't really understand that, son. Guess it just ain't me. Hey, can't you see? Well, that's no life for me. To be a slave to a clock Working in a factory Hey, can't you see? Well, that's no life for me To be a slave to a clock We'll hear more from Chuck in a short while's time when he'll be doing a cover version for us. Artsfest is ongoing and there's lots of great events coming up. One of those is on the 28th of June. It is an unconventional history of maidenhood, mothering and mistresses. Uh, to tell us more, we have Sarah on the line. Sarah James. Hello. Hello. How are we doing? We're doing fine. Looking forward to it already. Okay, so give us a bit of the uh, the, the background to this tale because you're working with co-writers, aren't you? Yeah, there's three of us, Katie Wareham, Morris, Ruth Stacey and myself. We're all poets, writing other genres as well, but we're all poets. Um, and it's a reading, a themed reading, if you like, drawing on history, literature and art, um, which we use in our poems and narratives about women's roles and experience in society, both now and historically going back. The times have changed, and in some ways, there were things in the past which uh, had, had allowed women to be more empowered and equal then than they are now, and certainly significantly more, vice versa. I'm hoping that's how you feel it is anyway. But uh, it's uh, interesting the way in which roles have changed when women have actually pretty much stayed the same. Yeah, well, we all evolve, don't we? And society evolves. I think that's mm -hmm. the thing, whether it evolves for the better or worse or some aspects that are better and some aspects that aren't. Um, yeah, I mean, we draw on lots of... It's not. It's unconventional. It's not, you know, we're not going to be going, and in 1900 this, in 1901 that. Um, it's simply that we draw on history and the contrast between past and present within the work that we've produced. Um, so it's, you know, things from the Garden of Eden, with all the stereotypes in there. Um, Ruth Stacey's uh, latest... Um, well, not her latest collection, her collection, The Queen Jewel Mistress, um, is very much focused around the different English queens and their experiences and based on research, but also fictional, obviously, um, in the context of how writing was at that time as well with the poetry. Um, and she and um, Katie also have a, what's a, a poetry duet, a pamphlet where they've both in the same, rather than a solo one-author book, where they're both in the same book writing on similar themes in which they've deliberately chosen to contrast the two perspectives, one writing about contemporary motherhood and the other historically. And I draw on things like um, literary mistresses, painters, muses, that kind of inspiration in my work. And we, a lot of the uh, people behind other people so uh, it, 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 in in the past a, a mistress might have been there pretty much helping coordinate control and make someone's world work and give them the fame and abilities that they uh, they actually uh, are known for yeah it was, it was the the mistress who was doing the, the bulk of the real legwork behind the scenes yeah i mean it you know each case is individual isn't mm -hmm. it but yeah and also of course you're going back and you're trying to fill in the gaps 
and give voices to characters that didn't have their own voices at the time and weren't necessarily given voices by historians of the time as well. It's quite a fascinating process if you if you go into that. And this um, is the problem with history, isn't it? It's, it's about who wrote it down, not necessarily about what happens sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I used to be a journalist as well, and there is a certain element of so-and-so says this and so-and-so said that, if you know what I mean, who says what rather than what's actually fact. But sometimes then we don't let facts get in the way of a good story, which is uh, essential. And uh, it does mean <laughs> that you can, you can explore these characters and have some good fun with it as well. And it's going to have a serious side, but I assume there is some, some both humour, some love, some drama, some stories in there, and it'll touch on absolutely all aspects of life. Yeah, modern mothering, marriage, language. There's a lot of language play in it as well. Lust, love, lifestyles. I think that's the beauty of doing it in poetry rather than as history or as journalism, if you like. There is factual research there, but, yeah, we can tell a good yarn. <laughs> that's the way we like Poetic it. Poetic license. Like, yeah, exactly. As poets, you, I think you have the, the license to thrill with that, don't you? Absolutely. It does the job and for me. enjoy it. Uh, well, yeah, and, and it is about having fun. And Arts Fest is well suited to this sort of thing because it does give uh, a, a platform to, to something which may not always be uh, picked up on or have been uh, brought to uh, the stage in an area. This gives uh, a good opportunity to get something that's a, it's a bit more across the board and something which takes a very different look on life. Yeah, and it's a good year, I think, for it as well because there has been that much more of Me Too and that more emphasis on women's experiences and women's rights to voice that and to share that with people uh, which is important so yeah it feels a good time to be doing it and a good venue to be doing it as well yeah so where are you performing we are performing in this is when you get me and i'll pronounce it wrong tilestone tilston yeah I think it's still stunned. You could be right, I could be wrong, who knows here. But <laughs> everyone has different pronunciations on their names. So uh, it's uh, a, a great uh, space as well because you are close to the audience and you can feel their oohs, ahs, the gasps of their understanding and it'll click when they hear something and they know the story and they get and they identify with the character. They'll be able to, to express that to you just through the whole atmosphere in the venue. So that's going to really work. And we are actually offering afterwards, because we'll have books there which, which people can get and, and we can, we're happy to sign that and, and talk informally. But as part of the actual event, we are also offering like a question and answer session at the end. So if people have got questions, whether that be about what they've just heard, whether that be about writing or reading more generally, poetry more generally, they'll have the opportunity to ask those then as well. So a good opportunity. Tickets 01902 321 321 or arena.wlv.ac.uk or just look on the ArtsFest part of the website, wlv.ac.uk forward slash ArtsFest. You can find out all the details on there. But worth getting yourself along for an unconventional history of maidenhood, mothering and mistresses with Sarah James, Katie Ware and Morris and Ruth Stacey as well. So uh, good luck to the gang and uh, we look forward to having you in the city on the uh, 28th of June. Thank you. Very much looking forward to it. Now time to hand you over to Chuck once more for some more music from him. August the 4th, uh, we're going to have uh, a singer-songwriter uh, from Indiana, um, Indiana in the States, Bloomington, Indiana. And his name is Jason Wilbur. And Jason has played lead guitar for uh, a singer-songwriter who's one of my, who is my favorite singer-songwriter. <laughs> uh, from Chicago called John Prine so I'm going to give you a John Prine tune here my good friend Pete Bodice loves John Prine too we're, we're all going down to see him on August the 3rd in uh, Birmingham at Birmingham Town uh, I think there's tickets left Birmingham Town Hall this is my favorite, all-time favorite John Prine songs. Billy the Bump lived by his thumbs. He sang of a hobo's delight. Well, he proved he could run twice as fast as the sun. 
by losing his shadow at night. He loved every girl in this curly-haired world, but no one will notice, it seems. Two twisted legs and a childhood disease left Billy just a bomb in his dreams. He was just a gentle boy, a real fluorescent light. Cried pennies on Sunday morning, laughed nickels on Saturday nights, and your bullets ain't gonna harm him, or your knives tear him apart. Humiliation killed him. God bless his little heart. He lived all alone in a broken down home across from the old railroad tracks where the trains used to run carrying freight by the ton. Blow its whistle and Billy wave back. But the children around Billy's hometown seem to have nothing better to do than run around their house with their tongues from their mouths, making fun of that crippled old fool. And he was just a gentle boy. A real fluorescent light Cried pennies on Sunday morning He laughed nickels on Saturday nights And your bullets ain't gonna harm him Or your knives tear him apart God bless his little heart. Some folks say wait, some folks say pray for Jesus to come back again. But none of these folks in their holy cloaks ever took Billy on as a friend. Pity's a crime. To a person who's really in need Treat them the same as you would your own name Next time your heart starts to bleed Treat them the same as you would your own name Next time that your heart starts to bleed Thanks to Chuck for a brilliant performance. Get yourself along to the Health and Happiness Show this Friday night. See him in Bantock on Saturday and make sure you're there for his beard shave on Sunday. Quinn, a.k.a. Sam Lambeth, is here with me now. Hello. Hello. Nice and, to see and, you. And good to see you. And you're wearing leopard skin print. This is a conversation we had about uh, what you were going to wear for, for the uh, the interview. And you've gone leopard. Yeah, well, you requested it specifically, so I thought I would. Well, I think I was joking <laughs> if I did mention leopard skin well, print. it's too but, late now. But yeah, I'm, it's, I've committed to it, so it's staying on. Yes, yeah, is it. Oh, I, mean, I mean, you've had so many different looks over the years uh, that I've known you. And I've known you for the best part of a decade now, I it's think. Crazy. It's crazy. slightly longer. It's crazy. Yeah, well, we first came... When I was in my first band, our first session was 2009, so yeah, nine yeah, years. Frightening, but uh, <laughs> obviously music moves on and uh, Quinn is now you, pretty much, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, in terms of the songwriting and the organising of the gigs and, and, and all all that kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, it was always me anyway, um, but I always had people who played live, you know, came mm-hmm. to rehearsals. So they, you know, they did contribute quite heavily, but in terms of the, the general body of work, it was always me. Mm-hmm. And I think just for now, just to make it easier, I'm just making it me in terms of like press shots and interviews and stuff. I'm and just jackets, gonna, yeah. And yeah, it's going to be hard to recruit people, you know, on to, the to basis fit, of the yeah. dress code. So yeah, um, I have got some new guys in, um, had some rehearsals of them, and they have got some gigs coming up. Um, it's going really well, um, but for the time being, in terms of being like the the face of the the band, it's mm-hmm. just, it's going to be this face, unfortunately. And that and that hair. Yes, yeah. For now, yeah. Well, people know the hair now, don't they? Yes, so it's it. yeah, yeah. I've got to try and keep keep 
keep it if I can. Okay, well, it, it can go horribly wrong. I found out that when I turned 25, 30, but there we go. So, uh, obviously, busy times for you because you're actually dashing up and down the, around the country because you've got uh, roles in London at the moment that you're yeah. working on in uh, your copywriting world. Yeah. And uh, then the, the music as well, which is seeing you performing here, there, and pretty much everywhere. Yeah, yeah, because I moved to London in September uh, purely for my day job. Um, but in terms of Queen, I'm back quite regularly for gigs in Birmingham mm-hmm. and in, in the Midlands. But you're also gigging in London and across the UK. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's, it is quite busy. My, my theatre is racking up the miles at the moment. <laughs> but um, I love it. So I couldn't be without music and playing and, and doing my reviews. So um, it's definitely a labour of love. Yeah, because you've been interviewing quite a lot of musicians as well. I mean, it, it's you, you seem to be entwined within the music industry in various different ways yeah and this that's it they can't ta- untangle me now i'm stuck <laughs> there now um yeah i do a lot of reviews for uh, both local bands who you know i'm, I'm really good friends with what i like to think uh i go to them depends on what you say in the review to be fair well exactly <laughs> yeah. no, but you're always honest which is what counts well yeah um yeah i'm good friends with a lot of bands in the midlands and beyond i go into the i go to their gigs do interviews with them review their singles but i also do bigger bands you know i go to gigs on the evenings um mm. Uh, to review them so that's really good as well because it combines my love of writing with my love of music you know mm-hmm. it gives me something else to do so yeah keeps me active keeps me uh, off the streets of London for now <laughs> and what have we got musically on the way from you because I know there's often EPs and you've been doing quite a bit of stuff for charity with those over the years as well yeah yeah well the first EP we did for Teenage Cancer Trust that was two years ago uh, last year we did an EP for Mind uh, this year we haven't really had a chance to do an EP what with me being in London but uh Recently released our single, All The Best. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's done really well. Um, the, it's got the best reviews I've ever got in 10 years. Um, not that there was much competition, but <laughs> yeah, the, the reviews have been good. Um, really positive. Uh, it's probably our, I think it's our best song. It's the most polished song we've done. It's a, a move into a different direction. Um, so I'm really pleased with it. Um, we've also we've recorded another song. Uh, we did All The Best with Ryan Pinson, who a lot of people who are in bands in the Midlands will know him, I'm sure. Uh, and then we've just done a song with Gavin Monaghan, who, like, like yourself, I've known for about a decade. Um, again, a lot of bands know him as well. And that's a totally different song. It's a completely different direction once more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the aim for me at the moment is to keep recording one-off singles every so often. Uh, really spend a lot of time on them, make sure they're really polished, make sure they're exactly how I want them. And then do it like that rather than uh, release another EP in one go. You know what I mean? So maybe do four or five singles over the next year and then have an EP of them all together. Rather than do an EP of six songs and then run the risk of people listening to the first three and then... Not, you know, yeah, build, build it up, and get, make it work. And yeah. uh, but the thing is, then I mean, there'll be gigs where people want to be picking up a, a mini album, and that's pretty much what you'll be giving them. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, there'll be plenty of stuff. I'll see. There'll be fashion advice. There'll be uh, you oh, know, make, okay. there'll be makeup tutorials. But how, how much but, makeup today? Not a lot. N- not none today, as <laughs> you can probably see. Um, but uh, yeah, if they enjoy the music as well, that's a plus. Mm-hmm. So. Fingers crossed they will. <laughs> right, you're gonna play something for us now. Yeah, I'll play something. What are we gonna hear? Uh, I was going to do a cover actually. I was going to do a cover and an original. Okay, so, so I what do you want to play first? Should I, I'll do the cover first. What are you going to hear then? Uh, well, I've been listening to a lot of Goo Goo Dolls lately, and they've got a song called Acoustic Number Three. And I thought, well, if it's an acoustic session, that will be that will perfect. Work for you. Yes. Okay. Right. Well, let's take a listen to Quinn performing a cover of the Goo Goo Dolls. Thank you. One, two, three, four. <laughs> They painted up your secrets With the lies they told to you And the least they ever gave you Was the most you ever knew And they wonder where all these dreams go When the world got in the way What's the point in all this screaming No one's listening anyway You never ever told me that you got something to show And your mother loves her father Cause she's got nowhere to go And she wonders where all these dreams go When the world got in her way What's the point in never trying No one's listening anyway 
We'll have the brand new single from Quinn, all the best, up in a short while's time here on The Milk Bar. Now, Christy McGowan retired a little bit earlier this year from the Newhampton Arts Centre. It doesn't stop her turning up, though. She is down here now as one of the coordinators of Paint the Day, and it's been an amazing run again this year, hasn't it? It's been beautiful. It was such a lovely day yesterday, and so we had quite a lot of people turning up on the day to take part, and it was it was glorious. So, yes. 61 entries. 61 and entries. A split between photographic and paint and More painting and, than, yeah. than photographic. Mm-hmm. Still a fairly small selection of photographs, but we're hoping to build that each year. So, yes, yeah, a split between professional, non-professional artists, and under 18s as well. well. I enjoyed seeing all the pictures on the uh, social media uh, throughout the weekend of, of people going out and doing their pictures. There were some previews of some of the artwork partway yes. through. We, we have a wonder because we're Indeed. down here in yes. what we should call yes. the Great Hall at Newhampton Arts Centre. It's a gallery hall. Yeah. It's <laughs> definitely a gallery at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, an array of sites from across the city. And you've already seen all of these, haven't you? I suppose uh, you were helping put them up. We were, yes, last night. Yes. Yeah. So this year we expanded the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, previously it's centred around Whitmoreens and Dunstall. This mm-hmm. year we expanded expanded the area. It was a, a one-mile radius around mm-hmm. Newhampton Arts Centre, so it included the city centre as well. Yeah. So people have been doing a new uh, subjects, like you can see. So we've got Lady Bulfruna here. She's making her first appearance in the competition. Indeed. Soon to be a historic document, BTs as yeah. well. And uh, again, the, the quality of what we've seen here, considering they only had eight hours to do all of this as well, it's fantastic. Because you watch some of these painting challenges on TV, yes. and you've got people who have been preparing and training for that and being led by uh, their, their mentors. Yes. And you've got, in, in this competition, those who are really coming to this purely from a pleasure point of view. Absolutely. It's, I'm amazed every year at the, the rain. As they come in, we're going, oh, wow. You know, we are astonished um, at what people manage to do. But we have a leaf print there, which looks like it may be something to do with West Park. Uh, yes, I believe that's, uh, that's where they went there. Yes, they went to West Park. And uh, when, when you come in to look at this, uh, so we've got uh, Anna's Mini Market there on, on screen there. Just the top of the road. Yeah, and that, again... That painting wouldn't look out of place on, on any wall at all, would it? No, not at all, no. And you, you wouldn't even know, if, if that was still up in, in London or somewhere, it, it would just still be a great piece of artwork. Yes, and it's a lovely uh, kind of image of the area as well. It's very mm-hmm. Whitmoreens, that. Just going around to the under-18s, which I think are here. Yeah, so a, a, another great selection. Yes, so we've got children aged from, I think, 9 up to 14 taking part this year both photography and different types of artwork. And you need to come down and see this. And so that some, some lovely photographs. And again, it's, it's, it, printing them, getting them all through in, in time is, is part of the, the challenge on this it one. It is indeed, yes. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they've been down to one of the photo shops in town to get their pictures printed off and select them in there. But I mean, again, we look, look at what we have here. There's uh, a, a variety of mediums. And it, it, no one's really held back. There was one painting that we spotted that wasn't even dry when you came to put it up last night. So yeah, it isn't yes. on the wall That's as, right. as we Oil speak painting, now. painting, yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it's... Uh, Going out and, and doing this and uh, avoiding the funny looks. People, what's going on there? But it's, 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 well, we encourage the funny yeah. looks because... Uh, Gets people talking. It's part of the exercise is for artists to be out in the streets. They have to go and work outside. Um, and we hope that people will come up and say, what are you doing? Although one of the artists did say he had so many people asking him questions, he found it quite difficult to get <laughs> on the art. But the idea is that people are engaging with artists, with visual art and seeing how it's done. And then hopefully some of those will come back to the exhibition and, and see the results. And this exhibition runs uh, it's all week, isn't it? That's right, all week. Uh, during office hours Monday to Friday and then Saturday morning we finish at 12 o'clock on Saturday morning and we've got professional judges coming in to give awards but also uh, there's a public vote so you can come along and you can put in your own vote for which you think are the best painting and then a prize will be awarded at the end of the week. And and what uh, what really stands out for you because I noticed some tapestry over there and that's a bit different isn't it? Yeah that's amazing isn't it to to be able to do that in a day that was a a real surprise so yeah that's a a great pleasure. We have another lady uh, Wolfren uh, just over there. She's been popular. And made their way down to, uh, I think that's going to be uh, West Park's uh, Botanical Garden uh, yes, type house, yes. isn't it? Botanical house. And we have some swans too, which is yes, looking swans. good as well. Yes. So yeah. we, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we, we like that one as well. And... Um, I'm particularly enjoying this, this uh, Lazy Summer Days one down here. Take a look at this one. Uh, it's a, a three-panel piece and uh, mixed materials in it, as much as you've got everything from uh, what looks like uh, some, one of these uh, acrylic paints through to uh, some sparkly bits glued on as well. Uh, yes, indeed, yes. So that picks out the sunshine because it was such a lovely de- sunny day yesterday. And that's quite a big piece to have accomplished in, in the amount of time. Although obviously size isn't everything. <laughs> some of the very smaller pieces are incredibly detailed. Yeah, some uh, amazing stuff down here. So the exhibition you say is yeah. on all through yeah. the week and you've got and a, one 
there that you're looking at with yeah, the bandstand? Yeah, yeah, the bandstand was quite a different kind of, not at all naturalistic approach, but mm-hmm. really... It's very much like a stained glass window yeah, effect yeah, that they've yeah, taken yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And all of the artwork is for sale, mm-hmm. so you can come and... There, it will all be auctioned. Um, you can come and make a bid. So uh, after it's been judged, we turn these signs around. At the moment, it's all anonymous, mm-hmm. but it becomes non-anonymous. Uh, and you can make a bid. Uh, there's a lot of the artwork starts at £10. So it's an opportunity to have an original artwork. And I, I do encourage people to think about it. I've not got much room left on my walls now after four years <laughs> of this. So you get an original artwork of part of Wolverhampton but by an artist for, for you to keep at home. And as I say, prices start at £10. So I think Anna with a mini mart are likely to be in to try and pick up a copy we of that one. We hope so, yes. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, that's, it's all, all looking absolutely fantastic. Some great art on display. Yeah. And it's, it's the talent of the, of the city which is uh, yes. being brought to life again. And that's something that New Hampton Arts Centre is so good at. So looking fantastic, come down and check it out. New Hampton Arts Centre, that's the uh, entrance on Dunkley Street and uh, open during normal office hours and on Saturday as well. Yeah, and uh, when, when is the full prize giving for the public vote? That'll be at 12 o'clock on uh, Saturday. The auction will stop and the public vote will stop and then we'll announce the, uh, the prize winner for the public vote. Uh, Christine, <coughs> I know you're probably going to be back and involved in this next year because you <laughs> love the whole competition so much and the work that you've done at the New Hampton Arts Centre has been amazing. We haven't had a chance to have a chat since uh, your retirement so uh, uh, I trust you're enjoying taking a bit of time off as well? Indeed, although I have been very busy, I have to say. I, really, I, think, I, yeah, I think when you retire, you get busier. Not that that's possible in your yeah. case, but there we go. I'd love to see you again and uh, come down and see you at the exhibition. Okay, great. Yes, thanks for speaking to us. This is the uh, new Quinn single called All the Best. We met. Serendipity, but really It was Fumanti and your boyfriend Studying abroad on a master's You can't really afford If I whisper, would you yell his name? Or is he falling from a higher plane? All the best From the bottom of my I never thought that I would miss a year We sat with the best films playing in our mindset With the mouse relaying all the best lines Hope you know it was the best time Do you have to go? We could be like Renona and Johnny If you started to try and stop me All the best From the bottom of my heart I wish you All the best But I never thought Bottom of my heart, I wish you all the best. But I never thought that I would miss you. I've been waiting, I've been waiting, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting. I've been waiting, I've been waiting for you, all the best, from the bottom of my heart I wish you, all the best, but I never thought, all the best, from the bottom of my
down here at the Compton Care Memory Walk, Grace Lee with me, and it's been a fantastic event, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely gorgeous, and the sun's, the sun's been shining on us as well, and it's just wonderful to see all of these people coming together to celebrate the lives who are, of those who are most important to them. Yeah, I mean, it's been over 20 years this has been running. I'm not sure how many have been sunny, how many haven't, but today was glorious weather, and uh, so many people involved, and a great turnout, uh, and it, it is every year. Yeah, we've uh, hundreds of people have been coming along, like you said, for the last 20 years. I'm sure that's up in the thousands now. What's wonderful to see is that year on year people keep coming back to support Compton and most importantly to honour and celebrate the memories of those um, that they've lost, whether they might be Compton patients, they might be those that have been supported out in the community or elsewhere, but it's just a lovely opportunity to um, to celebrate. And it does show that people do have long memories, not only of their loved ones, but also of the great work that Compton does. And it's, it touches so many lives and it's not always just that end of life moment that it's there for it is helping people to live their life and that that's something that we say every time we talk but again people down here have proven that today absolutely and you've hit the nail on the head there jason and that's one of the reasons why the recent changes why we've rebranded from compton hospice to compton care recently is to dispel that myth that we're just there for someone's final days or weeks Compton has been supporting patients living with incurable conditions for months and years on some on some occasions so that they can live their best life possible however they choose to want to live it um, and that we provide that care and support encouragement so that they can do so. Yeah and uh, allowing respite for their families and we found that when we were down at Christmas and we were doing a request show down there there were so many people saying yeah I've been coming here for ages and it makes such a difference to them and uh, the families as well because yeah. if, if you're doing a care role endlessly 24-7 you do need a break and again this is another part of Compton's wide range of services. Absolutely we understand that incurable illness not only affects the person diagnosed but those in their immediate circle so it can change everything Mm -hmm. Um, so illness doesn't just affect the patient you've got um, like you said families who might become carers um, children kind of coming to terms with the fact that perhaps parent or a grandparent or a sibling has with an illness and that their lifestyle is going to change so that we're there to support everybody in that circle of those that are most important to the patient and obviously we continue to support those families after the person has died which is why so many of those families it's all we love always lovely to see them year on year keep coming back yeah they, they want to do their bit to help support others who will need those services comptoncare.org.uk is the website and you can also go along there and sign up until wednesday for the color blast which takes place next weekend yeah so this is a lovely kind of gentle event that the color blast i would say is a bit more frantic but in a good way so yeah. we've got people running around being blasted with powdered paint <laughs> it's a great laugh and again at the same time it's all going towards raising money towards providing excellent patient care and all a massive celebration of life once again comptoncare.org.uk and you know there's there's a team down there who are just waiting for to, to help be supported and and people do people across the city love compton and the work that you do and understandably so so thank you for that and thank you to all the team and i think thank you to all the supporters thank you very much absolutely thank you to our supporters because we couldn't continue to do the amazing work we do without them let's take some more music now from chuck mccauliffe got a smile that lights up the room And you got a laugh that makes everything alright You got the beauty of freesias in bloom And you got two silky arms to hold me tight The way that you make me feel darling is like ten Christmas mornings rolled into one the instant that you look into my eyes I see the moon the stars and the sun got a way of moving much too fast and I got a head right now that is in a spin I got some feelings that I know are going to last and I got to learn to lose before I win the way 
is like ten Christmas mornings rolled into one. The instant that you look into my eyes, I see the moon, the stars, and the sun. Maritime sector is worth more than £47 billion a year to the UK economy, a third more than pharmaceutical, aerospace and road freight combined. Uh, to tell us more about what's going on in and around our ports, I'm joined now from Seafarers UK, Commodore Barry Bryant. Hello, sir. Hello, good to be with you. You're Director General of the organisation, and this is a charity, and you're basically urging government to raise awareness of the UK maritime employment opportunities that are out there at the moment. Yep, there are some fantastic jobs in the in the maritime industry. The whole industry employs uh, close to a million people, with about a hundred and twenty thousand actually seafaring. The problem is we've got to link up all those great job opportunities with our our young people and the people that advise them, who don't actually seem to know very much about it. And I think we've had this state of sea blindness uh, in the nation for several decades now, because it used to be. Uh, much more in the national psyche. We had a huge navy with uh, sailors in uniform. We had ships unloading in the Pool of London and all around uh, our ports. Uh, nowadays, it's, it all happens. It's frightfully efficient, it's, uh, it's, but it happens behind the wire. So it's out of sight, out of mind. And therefore, people don't think about the careers uh, in the industry, which are almost as diverse, frankly, as any careers uh, you can have ashore now. Well, we actually be running short of skilled workers in this area. And the global ocean economy is set to double in the next 12 years. So it is only going to become more prevalent that people are working in this area. Absolutely. But it, it is it is the ultimate global industry. Um, and some you know ships will run around with lots of different nationalities around some, sometimes, apart from, of course, the, the Navy and the Royal Fleet Auxiliary, who do take uh, UK nationals. But we, uh, we're pretty sure it's in our own national interest uh, to make sure that there is at least a, a minimum cadre, if not a, a rather larger one, of UK-trained, UK-national seafarers. We are an island nation, and we probably always will be. Um, but uh, we don't, you know, we must uh, hold our heads up. We do, we give some wonderful maritime training in this country. We've got some great colleges, and people who've gone through that training are very highly regarded. Um, it's just getting them through the front door in the first place. Yeah, well, the average pay in the UK maritime industry is actually touching thirty nine thousand three hundred pounds, much higher than yeah. the national average of twenty seven thousand six hundred. So there's a financial incentive to get there. But we're with landlocked here in the Midlands. Why would people be wanting to move out to to these areas? Because it's not something we're going to be able to easily mute from is it <laughs> no i think uh, but we've got a much more mobile workforce than we used to have uh and there is this this myth that you you go to where you know you may run away to see at 15 and you come back at the age of 65 with a, a parrot on your shoulder and a long beard <laughs> I mean, it's not like that anymore there are a lot of transferable skills in the industry you can go into the royal navy say for four or five years get some uh, engineering experience and and skills and then if you want to come back near a home you can use those skills in the shoreside uh, maritime industries or or something like the 
the workboats that service the offshore wind farms, for instance, I mean, is increasingly part of our of our economy. There's a lot more flexibility in the industry now, um, but it's a, it's just a, a great life, particularly for young people to go and experience. And this has all been highlighted as part of Seafarers Awareness Week, which runs till the 30th of June. And uh, the, the main reasons for young people not entering the sector, I mean, you, you must be trying to address those and hopefully the government can help you with that. Well, the government has increased uh, help for training through the colleges for the um, Support of Maritime Training Scheme. We're looking to up the number of people that go through the colleges from 750 to indeed double it to uh, 1,500 over the next few years. And we've got a couple, we've got a couple of websites that people might like to look at. There's maritimeuk.org, maritimeuk, all one word, .org, which take, it has a career section in it, which gives you a glimpse into all sections of the of the industry. And for the week itself, there's another website, Seafarers, Seafarers Week, Seafarers Week, all one word, dot UK, uh, which will tell you the things that are going on in the in the next few days. Now, your charity uh, alone has been around for more than 100 years, and it's uh, providing vital support to seafarers in need and their families. So there's a, there's a time with that. It's an industry which very much does look after its own. Well, it's a very different industry than when we were set up in the closing years of the First World War. Um, and we've got... Uh, I've got a quite a unique position as stretching right across the UK maritime industry, the fishing, the merchant seafarers and the Royal Navy, because uh, at that time in 1917, people were getting sunk uh, in the closing years of the war for all industries. So mm-hmm. we, we sit as a sort of umbrella organization across the whole UK maritime, giving about two and a half million pounds a year away to uh, the various service delivery charities that deal with the various parts of the industry. But it's also our job to... Um, encourage people into the industry and the whole um, awareness, education and training and so on of reminding this uh, nation that we are we are an island, we always will be an island uh, and we need to build on the maritime heritage, the wonderful maritime heritage that we've had for a thousand years or so uh, and indeed we can have in the future I think. So some great opportunities through training, give us those web addresses again if people do want to find out more for themselves or their family who could be looking at uh, continuing their education uh, as we head towards the, uh, the through the summer, past exams and uh, maybe looking at the next stage of what they do. Yeah, sure. Um, just uh, have a look at maritimeuk.org, maritimeuk, all one word, dot org, and seafarersweek, all one word, dot uk. Well, uh, it sounds like you're doing great work, and it'd be good to see more people uh, from our area heading off to the coast and uh, joining in with one of the, the 500-plus seaports that actually look after 95% of our imports and exports from the UK. Right. Yeah. yeah, Commodore Barry Bryant, Director General of Seafarers UK, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you very much indeed. Bye-bye. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us back with episode 471 next week. I'll see you then. Ta-ra for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.